Strange but true stories. Tales from the light side, the dark side, and the other side. I'm Steve White. We deal with a lot of unknowns and unseens on this channel, right? We talk about shadow figures and creatures that may or may not exist. We want evidence of strange happenings. Everybody has a phone now. Where is the photographic evidence? Well, today's story may give a little insight into why little to no photo or physical evidence exists of strange encounters reported all around the world. This encounter happened in 2018. I had recently turned 21 and traveled from my home in Germany to Canada in August of that year for a sort of working holiday. I had wanted to visit Canada for a long time, and this was the realization of that dream to explore and experience this large and open country of Canada for several months into 2019. I arrived in Ontario, and I had a great first few months. But in December, just prior to the new year, my dream trip turned quickly into a nightmare. If I had simply stayed at home that night, all would have been fine and I could have continued to enjoy Canada. I was staying in Fort Francis, Ontario, which is just north of the U.S. border in Minnesota. I've always enjoyed driving at night, especially on relatively remote roads. I don't know, just a feeling of warmth as I'm going along by myself. And so on this particular night, I was driving up the 502 from Fort Francis to Dryden. It was a little bit before midnight, and I came around this long bend in the highway, and I saw a semi-truck with its hazards flashing. It was on the right side of the road, and nearly in the ditch. I stopped in front of the truck, and I got out to ask the driver, which I couldn't see anywhere at the moment, if I could possibly help. And then I saw the damage on the front of this truck. The headlight, the grill were broken, the hood was pushed backwards, uh, smashed a bit of the windscreen, and then there was a lot of blood on the, the truck. And then I realized from the small amount of light emanating from my taillights and, and his unbroken right headlight that there was a lot of blood in the road. I was thinking that I don't know, maybe it hit a big grizzly bear or maybe an elk or a moose, you know, with that amount of damage to his truck. I'm not from here, obviously, so I don't know what sorts of wildlife and big animals that they got. I approached the driver's side door. I knocked a few times. No answer. Well, maybe the driver had climbed out to go find help, make a call. But then I thought, we're still about 50 kilometers or 35 miles from Dryden. If feels like we're in the middle of nowhere. Plus, yeah, I figured you know, he's a truck driver, he's got a CB radio, he's got a cell phone, he's probably already called for help. So I knocked again. Maybe he didn't hear me. Again, no response. So I opened the door, peeked in, and I saw this guy huddled in the back of his cab. He was shaking. There was a little light on, and I could tell that his skin was pale. He looked afraid and in shock. I said, 
Can I help you? It looks like you had a really hard impact there with something. Are you injured? No response. I was thinking, dude, I'm trying to help here. Just give me something. I kept it up, though. Hey, are you all right, sir? And he answered very softly. I'm not sure. Does something hurt? No, but I... I hit it. Yep, pretty obvious that it was something big, too. Uh, I wouldn't think the bear is still alive, to be honest. It... it wasn't a bear, he responded with a lot of fear in his voice. Okay, maybe an elk, a moose, then? Whatever kind of big animals you have here? It's okay, you're in shock. Take a breath. Um, did you call anyone? No response. He was freaking out. I left him alone in his rig. I got back to my car. I grabbed my mobile. I was glad that I had service in this part of the province. I told the operator what had happened, and she assured me that she would send the authorities and roadside assistance, and they'd be there in a little bit. I thanked her and hung up and went back to check on the truck driver again, let him know that I had called for help. He nodded a little bit in acknowledgement. I got my flashlight out of the car. I started searching for a dead or severely injured animal. I was still convinced that he had hit a bear, a pretty big bear, but still, it must have been a bear. The blood was all over the road, but I could tell where the impact had been, and I figured the general direction that the animal had been flung, so I walked a little bit in that direction, and then I saw it. Wow, that is indeed a really huge bear, I thought to myself. As I got closer, I realized this is about three meters, which equates to a little over nine feet in length. It had really long limbs, and its face wasn't like anything I'd ever seen. This didn't look like a bear. It had more of a gorilla type or, or human face, even. The teeth were incredibly sharp looking, though. It was a, I don't know, kind of like an ape human hybrid. Oh my god, I thought. The dude hit a Bigfoot creature? At this point, I'm freaked out, and I actually went back to my car and threw up. And then I started to see the flashing lights approaching. There were two or three cars and emergency vehicles that showed up. An officer got out, and he asked for the details of what had happened, and I told him my side of the story, and then I showed him the creature on the side of the road. He seemed a bit suspicious about my details. So I walked him over to the spot where the creature lay on the side of the road. He immediately went back to his patrol car and radioed something, and then he went to talk to the trucker. Well, more lights, more emergency people show up. The first officer talked to another officer, and I could see that he went pale right in the second as the first officer ended his sentence. Now, I was absolutely sure about the fact that both knew that these creatures existed, and that it seemed like they had a plan of what to do and what not to do in cases like this. Just a feeling I got. Because not one of them went to the place where I told the first officer and showed the first officer where that body of the creature was. Well, the second officer came up to me and he told me that I had to follow him to the police department to do a full report. Well, I thought that was a little weird. I told him I was going that way to begin with, but couldn't he just get what he needed here on the highway and let me go on my way? Nope. This was non-negotiable, he told me. Everything had to be done at the station. Now, not really being familiar with how things are done here in Canada, I obliged and followed him to Dryden. 
Now, as we approached Dryden, just outside of the city limits, I noticed this convoy of black vehicles with their lights off, approaching at high speed from behind us, and they zoomed past us. And then when we got to the station, I saw those same black vehicles parked in the parking lot. I was getting a little nervous at that point. Were they here to see me, to talk to me about what I had seen? They took me to an interrogation room. They offered me something to drink. I waited until another person arrived to interview me. They confiscated my phone and other personal belongings. I objected at first, but I could tell by the guy's voice this, too, was non-negotiable. After what felt like an eternity, another man in a suit came into the room. Now, this guy, he looked really, really odd. A bit like an ill person. Grayish skin. Uh, He had a bald head. His cheeks were sunken in. He had a strange accent, too, but he talked very calmly but without any expression at all. I had to tell him all the details of what I had experienced, give all my personal information, my purpose of my journey to Canada, uh, it took my fingerprints, and even a sample of my saliva. What the hell? I felt like a criminal. I I felt like I was the person who had done something wrong. What had I done? I I felt ashamed, uncomfortable, like I had done some horrible, terrible thing. And then I had to sign a document that was like a non-disclosure agreement. But it didn't have anything distinctly Canadian about it, like a coat of arms or banners or stamps on it. And after that, he looked me dead in the eyes. And he asked me if I had truly seen what I had seen. I said, yeah. He asked me again if I had seen what I said I had seen. Oh. I understood now. No, sir. I did not see a thing, nothing strange or out of the ordinary. Then he proceeded to explain that they will follow me from now on, and they will know everything I do. Wow. Not even going to hide the fact, huh? He left the room and never returned. What the hell was that all about? A few minutes later, a female officer came in and gave me back my phone and other stuff. She informed me that they had checked my immigration info in the system and told me that I had to leave Canada in the next six days. Wait, what? No, I'm going to be here for a little while. I got more exploring to do, a lot more to see. No, she said, you will be on a direct flight home to Germany by the 5th of January which, again, six days away. When I turned on my phone, I could tell it had been reset and, in fact, wiped clean. Same thing with my laptop. So these people erased everything to be sure that there wasn't any information going public. All my pictures were gone. They even turned my car inside out, searching for evidence of who knows what, I guess. And just like that, in what seemed like the blink of an eye, I went from exploring Canada on a dream holiday to being on a direct flight back to Germany. And once I got back to Germany, I found out I couldn't apply for a travel authorization anywhere in North America. As in, 
I don't think I can apply for any future ESTA. Only because I've seen this thing, I can't travel to North America for the rest of my life? I'm on a blacklist? Like I'm a terrorist? I suppose I'm being monitored now. But this truth must be spoken. This has been another strange but true story. And really bad luck for that guy. Now, I have heard a theory about Bigfoot or Sasquatch creatures being aliens. There has been some analysis in the coinciding of UFO sightings and Sasquatch sightings. So, was that strange person that interviewed him at the station in Canada one of the men in black? Let us know your thoughts in the comments below. And if you have a strange but true story to tell us, well, we'd love to read it. And you know, October, not too far away, so any cool ghost stories that you may have, we'd love to feature those as we get a little closer to Halloween. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. Sign up for notifications so you know when the next video drops to the channel. Thanks for all the support, and thanks for watching this video. I'm Steve White. Until next time.